0: to the show. Today's a little different. I am by myself without Laurie Wallace, which is so weird, but I am joined here by some good friends of mine, um, Scott Tucker and Melissa Tucker, and I can't wait to get into a conversation with them. But first, um, before we get started, again, we are forever grateful for you, for your support, for listening. So per usual call to action, like, share, subscribe, Um, rate, review. That is uh, in the end what helps us the most. So if you could get on all of our social media pages, we are at the Badass Ladies Club on Instagram. We are Badass Ladies One Word Club on Facebook. We have a Patreon. We have a TikTok. We have all the things. Check us out. We would love to have you. Um, And we're going to talk about our badass of the day, which is Scott Tucker. Yay. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I
1: don't know if I'm that much of a badass. I
0: mean, you are though. So. Well,
1: I I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. (laughs) Glad to be here today.
0: Yay. Um, so Scott is a really good friend of mine. And, um, he is
1: old friend, an very, old very friend. old friend. How We've long have we been friends? Long time. How many um, years? I think we met in 2005 through some mutual friends and, uh, God, that's it's weird to think it's 16 years ago.
0: Yeah, that is That's
1: weird. a long time.
0: It is a really long time ago, but, um, Scott is a, um, painter, writer, musician, toy collector.
1: <laughs> what else do
0: you do you do everything
1: uh, you know that's about it I mean I you know, played in bands forever I've uh my sister and I have been artists for since the beginning of time back when Moses was on the planet um you know and yeah I ride for the Dallas Observer for arts and culture section and I work in the uh the uh, toy business, like the uh, you know vintage Star Wars, vintage GI Joe. Yeah. I work for a place called Dallas Vintage Toys, where I'm a buyer, and it's it's cool stuff. You know, I try to try to make uh, make the most of my interests and passions, and yeah, that's about it.
0: That's awesome. And Melissa, his sister, is right here with us, and I'm- I've known Melissa for just as long, and she's also such a badass, and um, is so beautiful has the most beautiful hair I've ever seen in my life as a hairstylist. I'm like always jealous of these curls. Both of you are just, they have like amazing heads of hair.
2: Um, so, that is so nice. I know. I don't, I don't know really who we got it from. <laughs> my dad kind of had straight hair. My mom's. well, I guess maybe in her earlier days, she had kind of curlier hair. But yeah. yeah, we got this huge curly hair gene. I don't know where it came from, but we both got it. <laughs>
0: well, it's so awesome. I love big wild curls like on anybody. I love it. Um, so Scott is doing me a solid today, both of you, because... The person who was originally scheduled for this episode um, unfortunately had to cancel last minute and I was in such a frenzy trying to get someone to fill in and I... A
1: real frenzy. <laughs> it was,
0: I was panicking. I was text messaging. I called. I was like, Did you get my text message? He was like, uh no. I was like, okay, well, this I got is what so, happened. I got so many he text
1: messages. Checks, he never checks <laughs> I was like, oh God, who died? <laughs> I know. Oh, no, what like, <laughs> that's
0: what you think when someone's like frantically trying to get a hold of you. And I was like, I need someone for my podcast tomorrow. And um Scott so graciously agreed to come on. So we are going to talk about being present. We have other things to talk about too, but let's just get into the nitty gritty. When Scott and I were talking last night, we talked about enjoying the journey. Do we ever really arrive in being present? And, um, I thought that that was a really beautiful conversation. So what does being present really mean to you?
1: Both of you. Um, you you know, I think, I think for me, uh, being present means being completely aware of where you are, what you're doing and um, thinking about the time as it, as it sits, instead of worrying about the next thing, thinking about the next thing, thinking about, Oh, what do I have coming up? This is okay, but better is down the road. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that, I don't know, through a lot of and especially I'm sure a lot of people feel this way after everything the world has been through over the past few years is that, um, you know, our days are numbered and we don't necessarily think about that until we're kind of confronted with death, whether it be, you know, the death of um, a loved one or, you know, even us getting really sick or we just don't really think about that too much. Um, and maybe when you experience things like that in your life, whether it's, you know, like I said, yourself being sick or losing a loved one, it makes you recalibrate uh, your thought process. Wouldn't you say so, Melissa?
2: Very much so. I mean, it's funny when people are on their deathbed, they don't really care about what their credit score was. They care about, you know, <laughs> right? the connections they made with other yeah. people. Do they leave a lasting impression? Uh, did they do everything they wanted to do? Did they go on that trip to the Italian countryside? You know, it's that's what it's about. It's about you know really, almost pushing yourself to really fulfill your dreams. And because I mean,
1: life really is short. And, and they could be very small dreams too. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be you know the Italian countryside. It could be you know I'm going to shop at uh, Whole Foods now instead of uh, Thompson. I mean, you know, (laughs) but it's little things. I think I've, I've learned, um, I mean, I'm 38 years old and, and I've, you know, I've had some successes in music and art and stuff like that. But I think looking back, it wasn't until Melissa and I lost our father this last year and it wasn't until, um, going through something like that makes you, like I said, recalibrate and want to be present for everything because all those little moments count all the downtime moments when maybe you're not, you know, I mean, in our terms, maybe you're not playing a show for 300 people. Maybe you're playing a concert for 60 people. And instead of going, Oh man, there should be 300 people here or whatever I should be do. I should be this. I should be that. You know, you have to be real, be realistic about who you are, what you are and enjoying the time that you have with the people you care about. And whether that be your friends or family, um i think it's a it's an american thing maybe to always worry about the next thing what's next what's next right, what's so. next mm-hmm. society kind of pushes us in that direction and i think that if you're going to be a healthy person mentally you have to you have to not think about what's next
0: yeah like i don't know how you guys train yourself to get present my mantra for getting present recently is just to be still and know. And, um, when I have so much going on in my head and I'm thinking about the past, I'm thinking about the future. Mm. It's like, I just have to be still and know, because at the end of the night, when I, when my head hits the pillow, like sometimes I don't even remember the day and I hate living that way. And it's such like It's such a bummer when you realize like, shit, I was on autopilot all day. I don't even remember what I did. I don't even remember these little moments I enjoyed. Um, when Mm -hmm. I was doing like research last night on being present, I was reading blogs and all this stuff. This sounds kind of morbid, but you know, you had brought up death and this one person wrote, um, you know, no one half asses dying. Like the way you die is the way you die, and you're fully there and you're fully present. So why are we half-ass living?
2: Wow. That's powerful.
0: You know? Yeah. And I was like, oh my
2: God. That, that is powerful. That wow. is
0: really powerful. Like, um, and it just really made me think, like, yeah, why are we half-ass living? And I never thought about it like in a sense of American culture. I guess because that's the only thing I know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, so I don't know how other cultures really look at it as far as being present.
2: And I think that, you know, as human beings, we're creatures of habit. We like to do what we're comfortable with. And we get stuck in these records, these gears of life. It's we wake up, we have breakfast, we go to work, we come home, we have dinner, we go mm-hmm. to sleep. And it just becomes this record we play every single day. And then we realize, wow five years have passed or, you know, 10 years have passed. And we just kind of slept through it.
1: What did we do in those, those 10 years, you know? And I think, you know, um, I mean, I've definitely, I don't know how Melissa feels, but I've, I've definitely uh, kind of been caught in ruts like that to a certain degree. Um, You know, the, we all have to work so much just to keep everything going. And, you know, we're Melissa and I've been very fortunate that we've been able to do our projects and we, we both have you know pretty cool jobs right now, and um, you know Melissa and I are lucky enough to enjoy our our regular jobs and and have these other things go on. But but still, even in, at that, it's it's hard to uh, find the energy to make time for yourself when you're constantly you know having to do the things you have to do to to keep going. I mean, you know, like this week, uh, my girlfriend got sick and you know, she had to, I mean, she's not real sick, but she had to have a a medical procedure. And then, you know, my car happened to break down. And so I had to get, you know, you know, a few thousand dollars later, some some stuff on my, yeah, some, and then, you know, between trying to manage those two situations this week and working full time. And it didn't give me a whole lot of time this week to sit down and write a song, you know? yeah. So we just kind of we kind of manage and we just kind of get by as best we can. And kind of, I mean, I don't want to sound negative, but that's kind of all you can do right now because things are so up and down in the world. You know, um, I mean, just watching the news this morning, what's going on overseas in Afghanistan, it's just craziness. It's absolute craziness. So take being present is about enjoying that cup of coffee you had this morning, Mm -hmm. you know, where petting your cat. But, you know, I've got, we've got two great cats, you know, and coming home to the loft, whatever, and petting the cats and making up your bed and having a delicious sip of coffee here, you know, for me spending quality time today with my sister on my day off, you know, yeah. that's, that's about being present or with you, you know, spending time hanging out with an old friend. Yeah. Even if it's being recorded, yeah. I guess. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's
0: fine. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I hate everything that's going on because I'm like more than anything. I just, you know, I mean, especially living where I live, I don't live out in Dallas right next to you guys. And more than anything, I just want to be like at the double wide drinking my yoo-hoo yeehaw and, you know, like having a good time.
1: (laughs) They're good. (laughs) They're
0: really good for anyone who doesn't live in the Dallas area. They're really delicious. Um, Which by the way, guys, I haven't even announced this like anywhere. But you two know me pretty well. I'm not a cat yeah. person, but I got a cat.
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> um, She's a black cat. And oh, Adelaide that's... named her Molly. I mean, obviously, if I'm going to have her a cat... Her name's going to be Molly? Molly, yeah.
1: Oh, that's so cute. So,
0: um, <laughs> she's such be an sure asshole, her though. Well, thank you for telling
2: us. You're <laughs> a cat enthusiast, obviously, more than anyone else. You,
0: you guys are cat people, but... um. Yeah. Like, so being not a cat person, I'm more of a dog person. It's a whole new world for me. And, um, this cat is such an asshole. (laughs) She attacks my feet throughout the night,
1: scares the shit
0: out of me. It's terrible. Um, but it's okay. We'll get through it. I hear that that's normal.
1: Yeah. 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 Melissa's cats are a little bit more active than mine. Um, what, do you, not, have, what not do you
2: really? Mine are pretty
1: lazy. <laughs> I don't tell, know. you talk you're talking talk. About well, that. I'll talk about my... Tell talk about your cat that you got from overseas, okay, This so, is this is a crazy story. I know, okay, crazy, okay. I'm ready story. for the cat story.
2: So I I always wanted, I mean, my cat passed away this past November. Mm-hmm. My black and white tuxedo cat Biddy. I love the heck out of him. But you know, I had another cat that I was living with, and I could just tell she was super depressed. I mean, she's used to having a pal. She talks about
1: living with another cat like it's a roommate. Like, I was living with another cat. All right.
2: And so so I reached out to this rescue group, and there was just this beautiful, white, glowing cat that they had. But the cat was actually a rescue from Kuwait. Um, And he just, they shipped him over here. And it's funny because when I reprimand him, I reprimand him in Arabic. I say, la,
1: la. You know, when he does something bad and he's kind of understanding. I mean, Melissa's learning a whole new language to discipline (laughs) her cat. cat. (laughs) That is dedication.
0: (gasps) That (gasps) really is dedication. That is good pet ownership.
1: I will have to. I mean, talk about being present in the moment, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So much so. Melissa is so present. Do you think (laughs) six months ago she thought, I'm going to be learning Arabic (laughs) so I could (laughs) discipline my new cat? No.
0: No. I would, you know,
1: she opened the door. And now she's learning Arabic to discipline a cat. You
0: welcomed the new situation and you were like, you know what? We're (laughs) going to roll with this. We're like to the fullest extent. We're going to roll with this. I love it, Melissa. Good for you.
2: He is a really sweet cat. He's very sweet. Just shock. like sleeps on my face all the time. But, you know, I get like hair on everything. That's fine. <laughs> I wear all black, but I have white cat here on everything. It's great. Dang I it. should have thought that out better.
0: <laughs> I know my, my dog is white and, um, she, yeah, all my work clothes for, you know, I wear all black to work all the time. And so it's mm-hmm. the worst, but anyway, pets, they're the best.
1: They are, they are, you know, (laughs) you've got to give them credit. And
0: animals
2: definitely live in the present. I I was about to
0: say, this really is like on topic, even though we got a little off topic there, it really does bring us back to topic because I find that animals, they live in the present and they bring me in the present, you know? And so whenever I'm anxious or, um, you know, there's the saying that being depressed is Fixating on the past and um, being anxious is living in the future. And living between the two is hell, <laughs> like, quite honestly. Um, but whenever I'm yeah, in that. Yeah, you gotta
1: find that balance. Yeah, you know? it's not so easy. Like, we all, everybody struggles with it daily.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. And so whenever I'm in that space, um, I try to focus on something tangible, um, whether that be animals, you know, like they just need your unconditional love and they love you unconditionally. So I think that that's a great way to bring your back to the present. I try to focus on like how many red things can I see in this room? How many yellow things, how many black things, how many, you know, like I try to focus on something like that. Um, Just the senses, what I can see, smell, taste, touch. Um, just to like bring me back to the moment and meditation works for me. Like, do you guys do anything or do you have any rituals or anything that like helps bring you back to the present whenever you're in that hell
2: space? Um, <laughs> I think, you, you know, working in an office space, I, I noticed lighting very much affects me Oh, really? and very much so. So working in an office space, having, you know, those bright lights that kind of beat upon you when I come home. I don't turn on any like light bulbs or anything like that. I usually just light candles, or have very, very, very soft lighting, and that just kind of just completely distresses me in so many ways. But I didn't realize how much light affected me till I started playing with light in my own space, and then that just really, really grounds me when I come home. So what
1: about for me, I probably um, I. Uh, I come home and I, I hook up my guitar and I probably, you know, when no one's here, I turn it up and I have all my pedals and my new guitar. And I just, I just play music or I listen to music. That's really the thing that kind of gets me going motivated or I read and I try to read mm, readings as much as, much as, as I, I can. I, yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I think that, uh, I don't know. I, I think everybody deserves to, carve out time for themselves. Yeah. I also like to go to concerts, you know, either by myself or, or, you know, sometimes once I go to concerts, um, music just in general, I think makes me feel a lot better about every day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I think when I talk about meditation with some people, a lot of people are like, Oh my God, I'm so bad at meditating. I can't meditate and blah, 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 blah. And I think that like, we have to get out of this, space that meditation looks one way. I think that meditation can be painting. It can be gardening. It could be music. It could be dancing. I think that meditation takes so many different forms and it doesn't look like just sitting cross-legged, you know, by yourself concentrating on nothing.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think meditating is, is, um, I mean, being, you know, how can I say this? doing, doing something, whatever it is that you like to do, uh, and only living in that moment, that very moment, like, you know, it, for me, it's playing guitar, um, for probably for Melissa Moore, it's painting, uh, for some people it's running, you know, things like that. I mean, when you're doing something that you're completely in the moment and you're not, uh, thinking about anything else other than what you're doing, there's such a physical and mental thing when you play a, an instrument, because there's a physical act of playing an instrument. And there's also the mental feeling of going to the right notes, you know, composing music, putting things together that I think to play music, you have to, to be completely in the moment. And that is, that's really what I, what I love about being a musician.
0: Yeah. Well, because you know? I, I mean, I don't play an instrument, but I could imagine that when you are, there's really no room to think about anything else because you have there's to be not. And, right there. And,
1: you know, that whole living in the moment thing we're kind of talking about when you're when you play in a band and you're performing a show, it is the absolute best feeling. And Melissa and I played together in a band called the Orange for a long time. And we had a, we played a lot of shows. And, you know, those those moments we all had together in that band were very special and, and, you know, mean a lot, but, um, you know, that band split up, but just because that doesn't, that isn't like a huge part of my life anymore. doesn't mean that, you know, for Melissa or I, or even other musicians in the orange doesn't mean that those moments can't still be had. It's just, you know, maybe, maybe look different, you know? maybe not even playing in a rock band, maybe (laughs) being a classical musician or Mm -hmm. whatever. Melissa plays, um, the clarinet. So,
2: yeah, I mean, when I experienced, you know, the highs of being a classical musician, um, it's funny because there are certain, um, measures that I couldn't play or really practice by myself, but I had to play with the entirety of the orchestra to really nail it. Mm -hmm. And it's just the adrenaline that comes with that, the, the camaraderie, I guess as well, um, really kind of spurs you into that moment. And that's just when you hit that high, it's, un- I mean, it's unforgettable, but it's, I-, I can't think of anything else that really beats that, you know, you know, as well as being in Scott's rock band, I also felt that too. It was, uh, that's pretty awesome. I know. <laughs>
0: it really is the best being a performer, like takes you just to another, another place. I mean, and both of you know, I grew up dancing. I just took my first dance yeah. class yes. in years. You know what? Last you week.
1: guys maybe not do not know this, but you went to the same dance studio as kids. We did? Me yes. and Melissa? Yes.
0: No. I just
1: I just put two and two together. You guys went to the same Ms. dance Persis? studio. Yes. Yeah.
0: I oh grew up God. at Miss Persis. How did we not know that, Melissa? I don't know. That How did is you know wild. That? We didn't. right? know that? How did Scott know that?
1: I saw Jessica that you posted something the other day about it, a memory, and I was like, oh my God, Melissa went there too. Oh my God. <laughs> I was not talented or gifted at all. That like, oh,
2: so. girl,
0: whatever. No, that was that's such a it's such a special place. Um, it's my heart. I danced there from when I was three to eighteen, and now Adelaide takes dance there. So it's home. Oh online. my God. Oh. Yeah. So I still go all the time, still constantly there. Um
1: but my yeah. dad and I used to hang out in the parking lot when Melissa <laughs> was having her, having her dance recitals or whatever. And, you know, he'd tickle me and give me the drill bit and then feed me tacos or whatever. Oh <laughs> so a snow so cone. That's there even, was a snow no cone place by there.
0: That's even weirder because we didn't meet till we were all in college, but there we were like kind of connected when we were kids.
1: That's weird. Yeah. That is weird, isn't that it? Is weird. <laughs> that's
0: weird. Yeah. Um, God, I love that. That's what I
1: love about Arlington, though. Like, (laughs) You know, Arlington is like a city, but it's also kind of everybody kind of knows everybody, too. Oh,
0: God. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone. It's definitely a small world for as big as DFW is. It is a really small world. I run into people everywhere. It's kind of a blessing and a curse.
1: But that is very true. Yes.
0: Um, But yeah, like I I took my first dance class in years um, last week or the week before and, oh, my God. How did it go? Oh, my God. It was awesome. Um, yeah. So just to say, haven't danced in years. And I show up to this class and it was called a heels class. And I didn't really know what that was. Um, and the teacher was like, all right, ladies, we can either do like rockette style heel kind of dancing Or we could do 90s slow jams R&B. Let's feel it in our ovaries dancing. And I was
2: like, oh, "Oh my God.
0: (laughs) And so, of course, the vote went to, like, 90s R&B. So the worst. So
1: Casey and JoJo made an appearance.
0: Yes. And, I mean, it was so awesome. I started out in sneakers. I went to heels. I ended in sneakers because, dear God, that was the hardest thing I was sore for the whole week. My knee was bruised. We were rolling all over the floor doing these body rolls. It was very sexy. Like,
1: oh my God. Oh. And I will never ever find a lover sweeter than you, sweeter than you.
0: Exactly. It was exactly like that. <laughs> and um...
1: everyone's crying, rolling. I know on the we're ground. all like <laughs>
0: crying and like doing body rolls everywhere. It was great. I had my
1: first um, dance to this song <laughs> in seventh grade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, That was my first time doing that in so long that like, I forgot what it was like to kind of be taken to that other place because when you're performing, you just, there's no room for anything else. And so,
1: yes, Jessica, you do forget, you forget because like you were saying, we get so caught up in just the day to day, go to the grocery store, get gas. Make sure the cats are fed. I mean, my cats are obese. They have to be fed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but there's, we just get so caught up in the day-to-day that we forget those little, those little things that make us feel alive, you know, yeah. at, the, at the
0: speaking. And, I and mean, so that's
1: cool that you were able to to do that and reconnect with that part of yourself that, you know, I
0: know.
1: so many of us lose after childhood or after, you know, we, we get regular jobs right? Or whatever.
2: What were you going to say, and, Melissa? Um, Oh, I was going to say, you know, I started, I'm not a good dancer like you, but I started swing dancing again and what? I forgot how much fun it is as well. And I feel like dancing is one of those things where you can't be upset about anything. And in, in that space, like you can't even, whatever's going on in your life, whatever woes you have immediately just fall off the table because you're just so happy. Oh like God, I yeah. just... Whatever happened this past year, you know, when I went swing dancing, it was just, it completely melted away. And I all I could do was just smile openly and just
0: Obviously.
2: so happy and free. Yes. I'm sure I know. you felt the same way. That's
0: why I'm a big fan of dance parties, like dance parties, like an impromptu, like, let's just put on Spotify, see what pops up and like, just dance to it. It's my favorite form of meditation. I just like,
1: now hold on a second. I remember when you and I were going to UNT together, you guys had a couple dance parties at your house and I went to them and they were were fun,
0: pretty infamous for the living room dance parties. And um, they were, I remember some of
1: those parties, man. I always had a good time.
0: I know, man, that was a fun time. I mean, it Walking was a terrible den, time, but it was
1: <laughs> sitting in the cemetery
0: like weirdos. It's fine. Um,
1: I loved that cemetery. I
0: know, it was a great cemetery.
1: Um, I lived next to it for years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. Um, so being in the present moment is always really, really easy when things are pleasant. So yes. what about when things are not and things are painful Um, I think that it's kind of our brain's coping mechanism and the way that we just survive as humans to not feel that pain. But as I get older and the more I get into my own personal healing journey and my journey doesn't look like everyone else's, we're all different, but I have noticed the more that I, like feelings are for feelings, right? And the more that we feel those feelings and we acknowledge them and we witness them, that, um, the more I come out of it on the other side quicker and I'm not, um, yes. like hang, like hung up in that space for as long. Like, do you guys experience that in the same way? Or is that just me?
2: <laughs> um, I think it's funny because when we talk, i sorry, I deal a lot in relationships, but, um, I think it's funny because as women, when we go through a really bad breakup, you know, we live very much in that moment. We cry, we, you know we
1: watched that movie. Melissa's like a relationship counselor pretty much for a living. Um
0: <laughs> yes, can we talk about this real quick? Melissa, are you a matchmaker? Is that what I've seen? I I am. Am. Oh my I god, am. that's so
2: cool. Okay. Okay, so It is the most rewarding job I've ever had in my entire I life. I love which. it. My job satisfaction is through the roof right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, you know, so the thing with women is is that you know, we when we go through hard breakups, you know, we watch that movies, we listen to, you know, lots of Celine Dion, whatever it <laughs> (laughs) to get us through that moment and we cry and then we're upset for like a month and then we're fine Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes what men do is they're like oh i'm fine i'm fine she was crazy whatever and then a couple months later goes down you know pass and three months six months pass and then they get sad
1: i'm not well man (laughs) they're calling their friends late at night you know
2: i really messed up with so and so and it's like well i mean i think I also think that goes back to kind of toxic masculinity too, you know, with suppressing your emotions, not Mm -hmm. showing that you're upset. And then it it slowly, it's like this rug, you shove all this stuff underneath and then the rug explodes one day. The smallest thing can set that off. But I think women in general, I, I would like to say that we're a little bit better about, you know, when we're upset, we grieve appropriately within that time and then we sort of, we move on but right. i also think we're stronger creatures
0: i mean so. <laughs> you and me both melissa but you know also i mean grieving anything looks different for everybody and there's no yeah. right or wrong way to do it um so it could be something as big as losing someone you love or it could be something mm-hmm. as small as like you know i got no show today and I had a flat tire and you know, like, um, but rather than being like, whatever, I'm just going to put on a smile and work through this. Like I just, just allow it to happen. And I've never functioned like that until very recently. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's been a game changer for me to just be like, no, Jessica feelings are for feelings. You're doing life, right? If you just feel the things and move past it in the to the best of your ability. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it. Looks I think different.
1: sometimes, and I, I think that's a really healthy way to, to deal with it. Um, I think sometimes some feelings can be so bad or negative. Um, you have to put your feelings through a reality filter. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe, maybe that's part of me being a dude, you know, I like when my dad died, um, If I was to let it, the wave hit me all at the same time, I really don't know, you know, how I would have managed those feelings and still been able to be, you know, there for my sister, there for my mom.
0: Yeah. So sometimes Um, you have to compartmentalize things to kind of survive and get through
1: it. And, you know, I think when you, when you lose someone like that, you love, there's a, you do have to, I mean, everybody's different. I think it, it's important for us to say no everybody's right wrong, different. Wrong there way. is no right and wrong I to mean, treat somebody, um, the loss of, a, of someone you love. But um, letting compartmentalizing and then dealing with those compartments, you know, not putting them off forever, but dealing with them, you know, in a, almost like a step-by-step process has helped me uh, try to keep it together. For everyone else in a situation like that. But, you know, I mean, that obviously the the death of a parent or a a child or a a loved one, that's an extreme situation. You Mm -hmm. know, that's an extreme situation. It's not like, oh man, my car got repossessed or, oh man, someone stole my car or something. I mean, anything physical like that can always Always be be replaced. replaced. You know, anything like that can be replaced. But, and so, you know, if someone's grieving because, you know, they my Gucci jacket was lost at the cleaners, you know. It's like, come on, man, grow up. You know, but I've seen Scotty grief for those reasons.
2: I,
0: do you, are you speaking I'm from just, experience? Did your Gucci jacket get
1: lost? I don't have a Gucci no, jacket. No, yeah. I, I have a John Barbados jacket, okay. <laughs> I <laughs> You know what, Melissa actually has me there. As I said that, that is true. One time the cleaners destroyed one of my nice jackets and I got really upset. You did, But that was before I dealt with real problems of life. You're like,
0: <laughs> I didn't know better.
1: I didn't. And that's part of growing up. You, you know? know what, that I'll is. I'll be the first to say I grew up late.
0: It's part of evolving. It's okay. Yes. Um, so I think that another way... That our brain, um, and really I'm speaking from experience here, but, um, my, my brain sometimes to keep me from being in the present, like makes up stories and like makes up stories Mm -hmm. about myself. And I think that like, we all have these stories. And so like some of my stories are that I'm dumb. I'm not really smart. I, um, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve. I, you know, oh my God, the list goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that over time, like I just had to realize that that's the crazy bitch in my head and it's not true. And if I were to talk to someone like that, I wouldn't, you know, or if someone were to talk to me like that, I wouldn't like that person. So why am I talking to myself like that? And, um, realizing that you're not, your thoughts is like the worst because there's this thing called monkey brain, right? Where like this monkey is just like beating this drum in your head and it will not stop. And there's just so much noise in there. And so like we had talked about like the ways that we cope and the way that we bring ourselves back to being still and being in the moment and just like doing our forms of meditation, whatever that looks like, um, can really, really help. And so what I've learned to do is to just listen to myself with awareness and compassion and like to give myself grace. And I think that that's, um, really, what
1: does that look like? I mean, I mean, this is, this is really interesting. Um, Like, what does that, what does that sound like? I guess.
0: So whenever I catch myself telling myself a story of like, God, Jessica, you're so stupid. You're such a fucking idiot, you know, or whatever. Um, I just have to like compartmentalize the feeling and be like, whoa, Mm -hmm. hi, there you are. Um, and I kind of have to forgive that part of myself and be like, you're hurting, and you're just trying to survive and you're just trying to get through this moment and that's okay. So I'm going to give you grace about it, but you know, you're being this way because you're hurt or because someone hurt you or whatever the situation is. Um, so rather than believing those feelings, just catching it and then saying, okay, take a step back, have an open view of what's happening. So that's how I get through that. But like, I was just curious, like, do you guys have stories that you tell yourself, and like, how do you work through that? Because that's my crazy. I ask. mean, I,
1: I I think that's that's a really healthy way to to think about it um, or to deal with it. You know, for me, I mean, something I kind of struggled with whenever Melissa and I were playing in the Orange. You know, I mean, everybody that ever knew our band, whatever, knows this hideous story, but you know, we were so close to getting a major record deal. And when you kind of make that jump from, you know, you're a musician to this is going to be my livelihood and the livelihood of my friends that we play music with. Um, you don't take into consideration how shallow and superficial and how bullshit the actual entertainment music industry really is because we were in a position where, um, you know, we were working with a pretty high powered entertainment attorney that was taking our stuff to major labels. And the kind of comments we were getting back from major labels really pissed me off. Mm -hmm. And they were completely, uh, you know, shallow, superficial, had nothing to do with anything remotely close to what our music was about, what we were doing, who we were as people. And they also didn't care and my point of saying that is that i think and so that raised that kind of messed me up a little bit for a while but it raises a question from you know the point of at what point is society what is society pushing on us as we're scrolling through instagram feeds and all these people are, look at me look at my makeup today look how pretty i am or you know from a musician standpoint like you know Everyone has to look a certain way. Everybody has to be under the age of 25. Everyone has to be rich. Everyone has to have a beautiful apartment. Everybody has to have this and that to be accepted. I think that is a really big problem in our society. And I think that that little voice in our head that comes from insecurity is what it is, comes from a a bullshit place of things we are being sold.
0: Mm
2: Mm-hmm. And a lot of that stuff isn't even real. I mean, it's photoshopped, it's clipped, it's, you know, right. put through 10 filters. And then those people that probably don't even really look like that
1: or even have those. It's lives, total crap, you know? Right.
0: Well, and I remember when that happened to you guys, and it was like, okay, so our feedback has nothing to do with our talent, our message, our music. It has everything to do with our aesthetic. Like,
1: yeah. really are you yeah i mean me? you know i, I don't like, want to get too hard into it but they basically right. said we don't look like a band you know right. you guys don't look you know cuz there are people in our band from all kind of different ages and mm-hmm. walks of life and stuff and yeah. i thought we looked pretty cool and we certainly played the hell out of some shows yeah and um you know but at the end of the day the music industry is that they're selling a product they're selling a product you know they're selling they're selling um, an image, really.
0: Right, and so those stories. A lot of we musicians ourselves... make no money off
1: of music. They just yeah. get paid to endorse products. Like, hey, we'll give you fifty thousand dollars if you post on your Instagram with this purse. Or hey, well, <laughs> if you have this, you know, this new juice bar that opened up. Here's the juice. We'll give you twenty thousand dollars if you post. This is your favorite juice. You know, and people are paying their bills with this yeah. because they're social, you know, influencers or whatever. Right. And it's, it's the weirdest thing. I mean, for someone from, you know, someone from, I don't know. It's just, it's disgusting to me.
0: Right. So those stories that we tell ourselves have been pushed on us through all these mediums, you know, that you're talking about. And that's why we probably think like oh, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. I'm exactly. not working for this. I'm not, you know, because we're
1: human beings. Yeah. We're, 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 we're flawed and perfect in our flaws to a certain degree, you know? Amen. Um, yes. We're, we all come in different shapes and sizes and ages and we all, everybody has a lot to offer. I mean, I think, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, no, I, I love so that. too. I think there, I mean, there is a lot of ageist things that happen and within our society that, oh, well, you've passed this time and you've passed, you know, your, your self-worth as, you know, a human being. And it's not fair. I mean, people can do whatever they want till you know, the the day that they pass. And I just, yeah, I don't know.
1: Your life isn't over after 25, you know, everyone's like, Oh man I'm 27 I'm so old. it's like no you oh not. no you are not you are just not getting old. started you are just, <laughs> right. you're just figuring out who you are is what what you're doing
0: yeah okay so
1: and so we beat each other we beat ourselves up and we beat each other up because of something that we're being sold and yeah. it's it's you know it's all bullshit.
0: It is bullshit. What do you do do in the
1: rest of the 50 years of your life after you're 25? Just sit around and go, oh, man, I was 25 once. It was great. (laughs) I
0: mean,
1: talk about being in the present. You got 50 years to live.
0: Right. Well, and the other thing is, it's like these bodies of ours, these vessels, like they're just so temporary. Like everything is just so temporary. And so like we were saying in the beginning, like what kind of lasting effect are you leaving on the world? What's your legacy. And, um, I think that at the end of the day that that's, what's important. So F the industry for, um, kind of pushing that on us.
1: Um, yeah, you know, I hate to bag on, I mean, look, everything has its place, you know, there's, I, I mean, I instantly went to makeup tutorials, but I think those are actually really cool. It's just that, you know, if we are being, Uh, if we're all supposed to look a certain way and we're supposed to do this, and we're supposed to do that. It's, it's not a one size fits all. That's Mm -hmm. not, that's not humanity. That's not people. And part of being present is being able to be okay with yourself and okay with, you know, the fact that, um, you know, you may not fit the exact norm of, of what, you know, someone's supposed to look like. I mean, you know, I don't fit the norm of what someone's supposed to look like. My head is giant. My hair is huge. I have to wear glasses. <laughs> you know? Um, I don't I, I don't know. And sorry for the loud. There's a, there's a garbage man outside taking the trash <laughs> out. And that? I live I live in the uh, deep Ellum And uh, Yeah, there's the garbage man is intense here. I'll just say <laughs> I was
0: about to say, it really is. Um okay, so with that being said. Thank you guys for your openness, your honesty, your vulnerability. Um, I thought it would be fun if we closed things up with some rapid fire questions for both of you.
2: All right, are rapid you in? Fire. Okay. All right. I on the spot. Okay. <laughs> Who
0: goes first? I Melissa. I don't care. You guys
1: decide. Melissa, you go first. It's
0: fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. These will be easy. It's okay. Where were you born?
2: Oh, I was born in Duncanville, Texas, surprisingly.
0: Scott?
1: Uh, I was born in Dallas.
0: <laughs> Favorite childhood memory?
1: That's you, Melissa.
2: I would have to say my 12th birthday party. Um, I used to have these giant Halloween birthday parties. And I remember we, there was like a stage of, stage with built-in coffins and my brother and his friends came out of these coffins oh they're dressed as ghouls to the song of thriller <laughs> and then i danced with my dad who's was uh, dressed as frankenstein and that was like the best
1: childhood memory i have
2: so that it was pretty amazing. awesome i love halloween though that's just me <laughs> uh
1: favorite childhood memory for me right now when i was about three or four i used to dress up like kind of like a a Contra guerrilla, you know, I'd put, I'd put, uh, you know, like camo on and I had grenades and stuff. And my dad would, you know, act like he was, I don't know, some kind of terrorist or something we'd fight. I throw grenades at him and he'd act like he got, you know, blown up and throw himself down the staircase <laughs> oh and he oh, 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 kind of roll down the stairs. And I, you know, I had a little, you know, fake Uzi and stuff. And we, we play, or we played nights and, I would wear, um, you know, one of those plastic night helmets and a net plastic night shield with one of those plastic swords. And we'd actually really fight. We, you know, really hit each other.
0: Sounds amazing. It was Um, so
1: much fun though. I mean, you know,
0: favorite cocktail.
2: You know, I just drink whiskey and eat. (laughs) Oh my God. I know I just that's what 2020 I mean, taught me is how to drink whiskey right <laughs> I mean my I love favorite whiskey, cocktail
1: but... is an apple juice with gin and a lot a uh, mint a little bit of mint really apple juice gin a little bit of mint
0: awesome favorite tv show
1: Melissa, this is a rapid questions. <laughs> I, I
2: have to think about it.
1: There's so many TV shows. Twilight Zone from uh, uh, the original Twilight Zone from the 60s.
2: Now, see, I like Night Gallery. Same, I mean, Rod Serling, he mm-hmm. wrote it too, but Night Gallery, I think, is probably my favorite TV show. Okay. Favorite book?
1: Rapid response.
2: I know, but <laughs> I, there's Scott, so many stop. books.
1: And there, I love
0: I know, so many books. I know, there's um, so many choices. It's probably,
2: probably Lynn Miserables by Victor Hugo.
1: I mean, mine's in the curriculum of things you have to read in high school, but I would say The Great Gatsby is a fantastic book.
0: Love it. Favorite restaurant?
1: Local and Deep elms
2: um i don't know i went to rise recently i the souffles are amazing so
0: nice. yeah um what's your most prized possession
1: my new les paul custom gibson actually no probably my gibson sg my my dad got me for my 16th birthday i'd say that
2: um i mean i guess it Maybe this counts. Maybe this doesn't. It's a living being. So I would have to say my cats, they are my most prized possession. I love both of them dearly.
1: Melissa, you know, you can't possess a cat. Nobody can hold a cat's attention.
2: (laughs) I don't know. They, they listen to me, especially when I speak in Arabic now. Especially (laughs) when I speak in Arabic. I am their master.
0: (laughs) Does pineapple Hmm. belong on pizza? Does what? Does pineapple belong on pizza?
1: I need some pineapple on a pizza.
2: I mean, I've tried it. It wasn't completely and entirely revolting.
1: It was okay.
2: I I need a cockroach
1: on pizza. I love pizza. Oh my God. (laughs)
0: Ew. Oh my God. Um, (laughs)
1: Legs and all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A song that makes you cry.
1: Oh God.
0: Rapid Fire, Scott.
1: Yeah, honestly, honestly <laughs> something that would make that makes me cry is probably the uh, the song they play in Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back was my dad's uh, favorite, favorite Star Wars movie. So it was playing the other day at Dallas Vintage Choice. I think it took everything in my power not to not to cry at work. Oh, no, I mean, I know that's a, that's heavy, but yeah.
2: Melissa. I don't know. I try to I try to listen to songs that don't make me cry just because <laughs> That's everything's goal. been so depressing this
1: past year. So It's all Katy Perry for Melissa. No, it's
2: not. <laughs> A song that makes lots you dance. Lots of Madonna, dance. lots of I don't know. Whatever okay. I throw in there.
1: Lots of Fergie.
0: <laughs> so a song that makes you dance.
2: Well
1: so many songs. Anything by Hot Hot Heat, just about.
2: I mean, anything by Prince, honestly. Obviously. I mean, you can't just sit there and not do anything.
1: Obviously. You you remember that song, Jessica? Bandages on my arms and my legs from you. Bandages, bandages, bandages. (laughs) Yes. Hot Hot Heat. That'll make me dance.
0: (laughs) Okay. Love it. Um, What's your favorite hidden gem in Dallas?
1: Ooh. Probably my favorite restaurant, local.
0: Okay.
2: Um, I, would, I mean, I love Cosmic Cafe. Cosmic Cafe is probably my favorite Great. place in the entirety of DFW. Um,
0: There's a meditation
2: room upstairs. It's just beautifully colored.
0: I have never been up there. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, who is an artist everyone should know?
1: Suede. the British band Suede. They go by the London Suede in the U.S. They are a life-changing band. Life-changing.
2: I have to agree with that, too. They really are a life-changing band.
1: They're the most beautiful band I've ever listened to. It's like Suede is... Suede kind of came out the same time Nirvana did. Nirvana is one thing. Suede is another. They're complete opposites, but they're both incredibly fierce about what they do. It's just Suede is very... uh, They're a very effeminate sort of, we'll just say a very well-read band, if that makes sense. It's like, I don't know, Suede is like the poetry of Lord Byron and the short stories of Oscar Wilde mixed with the Smiths. But
2: his singing voice reminds me a lot of like a male siren coming out
1: of the ocean. It's just beautiful. If there's anything you take from this podcast, listen to the (laughs) London Suede. The best record is called Coming Up.
0: Okay. Um, going out or staying in? Staying in.
1: Staying in. It used to be going out for me, but staying in.
0: Best concert you've ever been to?
1: Oh, God. But that's a hard one. Oh. oh, man. Dandy Warhol's 2005 Gypsy Tea Room. <laughs> A close second was Flaming Lips 2006 uh, in Grand Prairie. But that Dandy Warhols concert in 2005 was amazing.
2: Um, you know, I recently just came back from a Alanis Morissette Garbage concert, and I would have to say seeing Garbage live, that just fulfilled so many so many happy memories and dreams and everything for me. So I, so I have to go with what's present because I really enjoyed that. Um, and it, I just, I bought t-shirts. I screamed I just completely screamed the entire time and jumped around and entirely enjoyed, enjoyed myself. So.
0: I'm so jealous. Am I right in saying that I feel like I've seen pictures of Alanis Morissette with blonde hair? Yeah. Yes. Was she a blonde? And she looks fantastic. She looks, so she looks great. Hot. I was she's like, gorgeous. oh my God, that hair. I I mean, yeah. and she had it like kind of braided back, but it was like
2: all beachy and like rock and roll and wild and it was uh her voice is just unbelievable. She had the microphone like five feet away from her face
1: and she was singing and you could her hear energy. Everything. I mean, she just she exudes just positive out. energy. I mean she's just She's incredible.
0: So jealous. You guys got to see that. Um, Best concert you ever performed in?
1: Mm, I would say House of Blues. We were pretty decent at House of Blues. Probably the Orange's first, probably my favorite was the Orange's first CD release party at the Curtain Club back in, I mean, it's a while ago, you know, back in 2008. I think you were at that one. I probably when it was me was. and Aaron and Derek. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I just remember we all wore white and we packed the place out. It was like you couldn't move, it was so packed. That was and that's life. back when you could smoke in clubs, which I personally liked. Yeah. I just like the smell of cigarette smoke. I'm I'm not a smoker, but I, I like to smell.
0: Um Stone Temple Pilots or Soundgarden.
1: Oh man. God, that is a tough one, Jessica. Why'd you have to do that to me? <laughs> it's funny because I, I have a vintage Soundgarden t shirt from 1990 and I just got a vintage Stone Temple Pilots t shirt from 2000 when number four came out. I would have to say Stone Temple Pilots was Scott Weiland just because he was such an incredible frontman. But, um, Yeah, I have to go with SGP.
2: I have to go with Soundgarden just because anytime Black Hole Sun comes on, I just completely stop what I'm doing and just, (laughs) just, I I can't help but sing along to it. So,
0: Um, Are you guys on Team Free Britney?
1: Uh, I really haven't been paying too much attention, but I think people should be able to do what they want with their life. It's part of living in the present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't keep up with the nice way to pull it either, around, but I agree. I think well, <laughs> she should be able to do whatever the heck she wants. God knows she's worked hard enough.
0: Seriously. Um, what's your favorite piece of art that you've ever created in any medium?
1: Ooh, for me, it's actually a painting that I will never part with. It's called, uh, Arthur Rimbaud in the leading lines of Los Angeles. It was a painting that I did right when Melissa and I got back from uh, playing in Los Angeles with the Orange. Los Angeles was such. It was my first time to go to L.A., and it was such a crazy place. It was a place that was so uh, extreme—extreme poverty and extreme wealth. Right. Mm -hmm. So I came back and I painted a painting that was stark black and white, and I overlaid a uh, kind of a small uh, portrait of the the poet Arthur Rimbaud over it. And it hangs in my uh, loft right now, actually. But it's probably my favorite piece of art I ever made.
2: Um, I have to say my favorite piece of art I've made, I've made quite a couple pieces. Most of my stuff is commission-based and they're portraits, Um, but... One that I did make for an art show was called uh, "The uh, My Baby Shot Me Down, and it was a rendition of Madame Max, John Singer Sargent's Madame Max, and she's holding a smoking gun instead of having her hand on the table, and I like to think she just shot her husband or lover or whatever. And it's I don't know. It's a very satisfying piece, but you can still see the smoke coming out of the barrel, and she just is kind of looking smugly down at him. You don't see him. You just see her, and, <laughs> for triumphant gloriousness. (laughs) Mm,
0: Love it. So last question for both of you, what advice would you give your 22 year old self?
1: Oh man. (laughs) God.
2: Um, Be more confident. I think that's my my biggest, that's the thing that held me back most um, growing up is I was really terrified of talking to people. I was very you know, quiet and introvert. I was recluse. I didn't know how to exude myself properly or, you know, just, just to talk to anybody. And so I was suffered with, you know, confidence and maybe that was just from, you know, feeling self so, conscious about the way I looked or that I didn't look like everyone else. But I think I would tell myself just to be more confident, stand up for yourself um, and not let everyone walk over you or tell you what to do. I mean, that's what I would tell myself.
1: Um, probably I would tell myself to be a little bit more present for a lot of the things that, that happened in life, in my life. I mean, I know it goes with the theme we're talking about today, but I mean, there have been so many times that, you know, I was thinking about the next thing when I wasn't completely present for everything, you know, whether that be relationships I've had or, um, you know, things I did career wise or music wise, be present more, uh, not, not worry about the future. Cause I, I really used to be kind of a warrior, you know, Mm -hmm. I used,
2: I used to call Scotty the chihuahua with an agenda. (laughs) (laughs) He He had all this energy, but he was always doing something, always thinking about what was next. And, you know, I, I was very calm growing up. He was very, you know, Energetic. Manic, Over-
1: yeah <laughs> manic was way. manic was a good way yeah well you know even even with my toy collecting it's like so you know my i collected almost the entire star wars line from the 70s and i'd, I'd get something and i would be like all right what's next what's next i think that's kind of what started the mm-hmm. obsession with what's next yeah and that only stopped and probably in the past couple years you know
0: So, okay, one more question just out of curiosity. What's your favorite um, piece in your collection, Scott?
1: Um, There is a Star Wars figure named Yak Face, and my dad bought him for me when I was 11. He was $85 back in 19... 94, and my mom was like, "Are you insane?" So I was talking to my dad. <laughs> that's a piece of plastic. $85 in 1994 is the equivalent of like I don't know, thousand dollars. No, I'm kidding. With inflation. I mean, with inflation. But, I mean, uh, with inflation, but no, that's that's a chunk of money for a ten yeah. year old kid. Yeah. But you know, I'm 38 years old. My dad bought that when I was either 10 or 11. I've had it this entire time. He was extremely proud of it. We. This sounds like a a drug thing but it's like we had a toy dealer that <laughs> called you know he called my dad and said uh his name was Bob we got the goods so, <laughs> oh Scotty we got the that yak face <laughs> and so uh I have yak face yeah. he's and you know at Dallas vintage toys uh we sell them. We can't keep them in stock, and they sell for four to five hundred dollars, graded a thousand dollars. Wow! So it's just something that's really special to me because Dad bought it for me, and I've, I've I'll have it forever. I'll never sell it. Oh, I love
0: that. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for stepping in last minute. You saved me. And Melissa, thank you for joining us like really last minute. I didn't even get to talk to you last night. Scott's like, hey,
2: two hours ago before this, he's like, you should do this. I'm like, okay, sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, Thank you for having us.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, thank you so much. We will... um, have all of Scott and Melissa's various projects in the episode notes where you can find them and what they're doing and what kind of art they're creating. And you should totally go check them out. So thank you again and have a great week.